Welcome to Witch and Goddess. I'm your host, Patty Black. I'm a witch, a teacher, and priestess. Goddess devotion is an essential part of my craft, and many goddesses are my cohorts in magic. Each episode, we explore a different goddess, her lore, and how to connect with her energetically and magically. Maybe you're new to witchcraft, or maybe you've practiced for a while, and you're just beginning to explore incorporating deities into your craft. Maybe you're like me, and you're curious about how others practice. Today, I'm going to get a bit more specific, a bit more detailed, about how goddesses fit into my practice. As always, all witches are different, goddesses are definitely different, and so your relationships and experiences, even with the same goddess, can be completely different. So take what resonates with you. As I've said before, I don't advocate choosing a deity from a list of correspondences and plugging them into the evocation for a certain spell. I have a small group of goddesses and other deities who I've been working with for years, nurturing deeper connection. These relationships have taught transformative lessons, I've had magical experiences, growth in my witchcraft, and faster progress towards my personal purpose. So yes, goddess devotion is very rewarding. But I didn't start experiencing these things overnight. These are very much give-and-take relationships. The more that I feed my relationship with a deity, the more clearly I can feel a connection. And the more clearly and regularly I receive guidance from them. And feeding the relationship isn't just leaving offerings. Every time I interact with a goddess, every time that I notice the mist in the morning and think of Morgan Le Fay and her magic, every time that I see the moon shining through bare branches on a black night and acknowledge Hecate's presence and stark beauty, I'm strengthening those connections. In those moments, I'm also building a unique language and shared energy between myself and that goddess. Those images or feelings become something special between the two of us and a way for her to communicate with me in the future. So when I see something that reminds me of a goddess, I take a moment to acknowledge her presence and be reminded of her magic. Devoted altars and shrines are a great way to keep a physical reminder of a goddess near you. I have a small shrine at my bedside. It sits on a pretty platter with a few crystals, a crow feather, a statue, and a pretty goblet filled with fresh water. It could contain anything that reminds you of that goddess, anything that you feel would honor her or please her. When I see the shrine, it reminds me to spend time with her, to freshen her water, to burn incense. The statue is a visual inspiration and a perfect place to direct my offerings and prayers. I usually have a specific candle for each goddess on her shrine. It's usually a larger taper or a glass-encased novena candle that I've dressed with oils and herbs sacred to her. I dedicate this candle to her, lighting it when I'm spending extra time at her shrine or for her special spells that I want her support for. It's a way to call on her. Lighting a candle at the shrine and spending a few moments in a quiet meditation is an easy way to connect with your goddess at the beginning or end of the day. I also talk to my goddesses throughout the day. It really grows that sense of connection and closeness. In fact, one of the first things that I try to do every morning is to speak to my primary goddess. I thank her for her presence. 
thank her for the magic she brings to my life. I ask her for her protection, guidance, her presence, and blessing every day. I make a habit of expressly inviting her to be involved in my life and to give me signs. I usually address her in my regular meditation, leaving space for her to share any guidance. Some days she's quiet. Sometimes she has a lot to convey. When I'm really struggling with something, I talk to her about it, just like a friend or a parent. I'll even address an entire journal entry to her, a letter basically, where I explain my feelings, my struggles, my worries and desires. If you write a letter like that, consider folding it up and leaving it on her shrine afterwards. I'm convinced that sharing your deepest feelings like that is an act of devotion and a type of offering. I ask for deity's input and guidance during divination. I regularly ask what she wants me to do and achieve and for help achieving it. Now, some goddesses will answer that question very directly in meditations, visions, etc. I find Hecate to be very direct, while Morgan Le Fay is subtle, quietly directing me down paths and towards lessons and experiences she has chosen for me. One of the most distinct ways that my primary goddess communicates her support and presence is through a very specific number sequence. About a year into my work with her, I increasingly became aware of a certain series of numbers that strongly evoked her energy every time I saw it. It was such a strange concept to me that it took a while to understand that she was telling me it was a special symbol for us. I wasn't looking for that to happen. I wasn't looking at numbers thinking which one represents her. So now when it shows up, especially repeating, I know that she's reminding me of her presence or encouraging me towards something. It's a really comforting reminder of her presence and support in the mundane moments of life. I find goddesses really inspiring for my artwork. I often draw and paint, trying to capture how they appear to me. I'll admit, I've never produced a goddess piece that I've been completely satisfied with. I think it's probably impossible to capture the essence of something that's so shifty and powerful. I write poetry, and goddesses and their myths inspire that as well. When I complete a poem about a goddess, I sometimes leave it on her shrine as an offering, or read it to her at the shrine. I feel like deity appreciates being honored in art. If you write a poem or verse, it could also be used as an invocation in your rituals. If I have a new magical tool, I like to leave it on her shrine and ask for her blessings on the item. Another important way that I feed these connections is through service. That may not be something that everyone wants to do. I certainly am reminded of the type of service work for God I was forced to do as a child in the church. I don't like servitude and proselytizing disguised as reverence. For me, being of service to Morgan Le Fay is an important piece of my priestess work, but it isn't about drudgery or obligation. It is doing the things that I love and I'm good at, but honoring the goddess with that work. It looks like speaking about her and striving to embody her characteristics and energy in the world. This podcast is a large part of my service, and it was definitely initiated by Morgana. Sometimes my service feels like my idea, but when I step back, I see that Goddess has been nudging and encouraging me towards it for quite a while. The funny thing about the type of service that she guides me towards 
is that it always turns out to serve me as well. I am always better off for following her guidance. Of course, this isn't necessarily the type of service that every deity wants. Some want public thanks and acknowledgement. Some want specific offerings. And some will prompt you to give to certain charities or volunteer for a cause that is connected to them. This is one of the reasons that it's important to leave space for deity to communicate with you and for you to be able to recognize their hand in a certain situation, to feel their energy in a sudden idea that you get. Of course, when I do my spell work, my goddesses are involved. I usually include them in divination about whether a working is a good idea and ask if they have any specific guidance about the spell. When it's time for the work, I invite my goddesses into my circle and ask for their assistance and blessing of the work. All of the goddesses that I work with regularly are known for witchcraft and magical work, so I ask for assistance in growing and developing my craft. I feel confident in asking for this assistance because of all of the other things mentioned here, because I have demonstrated my sincerity, my willingness to learn and grow, because we have a relationship that is not about her helping me with spells or granting wishes. She's not a fairy godmother. She's a teacher, a mentor, a mother, and a friend. I hope these details are helpful. I'd love to hear from you about other ways that you involve goddesses in your craft. If you'd like to know more about my work and programs, visit blackbirdmagic.com. That's magic with a K. There are links for my private Facebook group for witches and information about the Society of Magical Humans, my subscription group for fun, twice-monthly online classes over a variety of magical topics. And there's information about working with me one-on-one. You can leave voice messages with questions and comments through the Witch and Goddess page on Anchor, And you can email me at witchandgoddesspod at gmail.com.